Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Season 2, Episode 1 of the Screaming Beaver Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Jackson. On this episode of the podcast, we have local professional wrestler, 18-year-old Matisse Mir. Matisse has started his own wrestling promotion based out of Hawkesbury called Au Sommet de la Lutte. He will be running his second show ever, which will be a tournament to crown the new Osme de la Lutte champion on Saturday, December 18th in Hawkesbury, Ontario, Canada at the Bob Hartley Sports Complex. At the time of recording, tickets were still available, but going quickly. As many of you may know, I'm a huge wrestling fan, so it was a pleasure to sit down with Matisse and talk about life in and outside of the squared circle. I hope you enjoy this interview. All right, I'm live here with uh, Matisse Mir from Hawkesbury. Matisse is a professional wrestler, and uh, he's got a show coming up in a few weeks. How are you doing, Matisse? I'm doing fine. You? Oh, not too bad. Um, tell us about your uh, your show you have coming up. Yeah, I have a big show coming up, Osama uh, de la in Augsbury at the Bob Hartley Complex. Uh, it's a tournament, actually, for the Samed de la Lutte Championship. So there will be a total of nine matches on the card, including the pre-show that will be ten matches in total. And we'll have a live band over there, uh, Classic Rock, the Young Veterans. And, uh, yeah, even Santa Claus is going to be there. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a big show. Oh, good. Is, is Santa Claus wrestling? or? No, he's not. He's just doing an appearance and uh, maybe throwing out some gifts to the crowd. So, yeah, that will be cool. That's that's good. Yeah. Uh, so, you said that's on uh, December 18th, right? That's yeah, Saturday exactly. night? Yeah, Saturday night. The doors open at, uh, at 6 p.m. And the show actually started at uh, 7 p.m. 7 p.m. Yeah. And you got nine matches, so... Uh, yeah, on the main card. Yeah. yeah. How late into the night do you think that's going to run? Uh, uh, I don't know. We've planned on doing the show until 9.30 okay. in the night, so it's supposed to be two hours and a half. Sometimes on a wrestling show, you know yeah. uh, you know it too. Sometimes it's maybe never it's longer, kn- yeah, sometimes you never it's know shorter, what's, yeah. You never know what's going to happen, right? Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, we're playing on a two hours and a half show, yeah. Oh, good. That's great. Uh, so tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, how old are you? Uh, where do you live? That sort of thing. Uh, yeah, well, I'm from Augsbury. Uh, I'm 18 years old now. Um, and yeah, like uh, I'm studying right now in public relations at the Leste Collegial in Ottawa. Okay. And uh, yeah, so I've been a wrestler now for about uh, five years and a half. Five years and a half. Yeah, I started at twelve with uh, Jacques Rougeau. Jeez. Yeah, my mom. Uh, she. Uh, I told her since I was like ten years old, like, oh, mom, I want to be a professional wrestler, and I kept telling her that. Uh, I was playing hockey at the time, professional. Uh, well, competitive hockey, I yeah. should say, and. Uh, but I I knew like from a young age that wrestling was really something like I really got into it at a young age and it was really something that I really wanted to do. And at first I was like, I wanted to do it older because I heard that like wrestling leagues and stuff like that, they were only training people at the age of 16. But uh, we were lucky enough to have a contact with uh, Jacques Rougeau uh, so my mother kept uh, emailing him for about a year or two. And that's when I started with him. And he saw that I was a serious kid. And I really wanted to learn. So, yeah, he kept me with him. And, uh, yeah, that's it. So how long did you train before you uh, you had your first match? I trained about six to eight months every Sunday and sometimes in the week. It was in uh, Montreal. And... Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah, so eight months, and then you had your first match. Was uh, your match another against another younger wrestler? Uh, well, that's a funny story actually, because I was supposed to do a one-on-one against a guy who had been there for about three years, and uh, like two or three weeks before the match, the guy texted me and Jacques to tell us that he had a problem with his neck and back uh, back problems and. Uh, that he, uh, his spine was hurting so that he couldn't do it for the show. But with Jacques, you practice a lot in advance. 
So my first match was in a Royal Rumble and I got eliminated in about 30 seconds. <laughs> so it's not the first match impression you want, but I learned from that and I could do some more shows with Jock uh, in the future. Yeah, so so you were in there with adults though, not just... Yeah, yeah, there were uh, maybe two, like there was his son who was about 19 at the time. And there was a guy who was two years older than me, who then became my tag team partner, a part of the Young Stars. Okay. So that was the only, uh, I'd say, guy that was in my age gap. Oh, okay. And for people who don't know, uh, can you explain to everyone who uh, Jacques Rougeau is? Well, Jacques Rougeau is a professional wrestler. He's been in the business for about 40 years. He's been in the business since his dad uh, his dad has been wrestling, his grandfather, and they have a big wrestling uh, family. Uh, they're uh, well known in the province of Quebec and all over the world. Uh, Jacques has been, uh, he wrestled for WWF back in the days for about 10 years, I'd say. I'm not too sure exactly, but uh, he's a former two-time tag team champion, two or three-time tag team champion, former intercontinental champion in the WWF. So he has a lot of uh, experience and he's a well-known wrestler uh, from uh, the wrestling fans and uh, he's a really a big name in the, in the industry. Yeah, uh, that's my dog. Just <laughs> yeah. We'll just take a break one second. All right, we're back. I had a little problem with my uh, my new puppy there. He uh, he doesn't like men for some reason. <laughs> uh, anytime a girl comes over, it's fine. But uh, as soon as a man steps through the door, he goes nuts. Uh, yeah. So we were talking about uh, Jacques Rougeau. I, I think his brother Raymond was also uh, his tag team partner. Yeah, it was his tag team partner for a couple of years, but then Jauk went on a solo run, as known the, as the Mountie. The Mountie, yes. Yeah, the Mountie yeah. was uh, pretty popular as the Mountie, and uh, Americans uh, really did not like him because <laughs> he used the Canadian type uh, persona for the Mounted Police. So yeah, no, the that was uh, one of his uh, good works as a wrestler uh, back in the days. Yeah, back in the back in the nineties, there the WWE liked to uh, to really put uh, Canada versus USA or uh, or the USA versus Iran or whatever the the country that they decided to get people up in arms against. So we had all the the stuff with Bret Hart, and uh, he was very popular in Canada, and not so popular in the states. So it was always a good run. Uh, he also tag teamed with. Um, Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, he tagged with him. Uh, that was more in the middle of the 90s, uh, where when uh, Raymond left and uh, when the Mountie persona was a bit like on a drop off, then they introduced, uh, well, Pierre Calwellet was wrestling as a pirate character. Yes. And yes. then he started to do uh, the Mountie gimmick with Rougeau, known as the Quebecers. Yes. And they had a really good run, like uh, two-time tag team champions, I think. Uh, wrestle uh, like two WrestleManias, I think. So, yeah, they were uh, well-known as the Quebecers. And PCO even uh, had some success recently. He won the Ring of Honor Championship, uh, which is a prestigious title to win because Ring of Honor is one of the big leagues uh, in the United States. So, yeah, PCO really reinvented himself. He's called as the not human, and he's having a good run in late in his 50s. So, yeah, it's really... Uh, I really respect uh, PCO. Have you ever uh, met him? Uh? I've already met him uh, when I was with Jauk. Uh, we he didn't really know me back in that time, but uh, yeah, I, I've talked to him like once in my life, and he's really nice. He's a good person, uh, and yeah, he's a really good wrestler too. And at that age, to uh, take a lot of bumps and the bumps he's taking right now, it's it's really incredible to see. Yeah. Now you. Uh, have you studied the history of the WWF at all? Like, are you familiar with the the wrestling from the eighties? Or yeah, I've I've studied a lot when I when I was younger. I used to watch a lot of WWF. Oh, okay. Yeah, 
Good. Um, how do you compare today's wrestling to uh, to the wrestling back then? It's really different. Yeah, yeah. Back in the days, it was more of a gimmick matches because we had some big personas and big personalities who were wrestling each other. For example, when Hulk Hogan versus Under the Giant, we could never recreate a moment like that. And that be was because of the star power Hulk Hogan had. And Under the Giant was just known as the big, like, evil character. And now in wrestling, it's more of, like, the wrestling match qualities that's important, but either than storylines. So that's what I think that's maybe different. And back in the days, there weren't a lot of wrestling. You know, there were maybe like trend independent like uh, wrestling companies in like Canada itself. And now in one province, you have like 50 companies. So it's really, there's really more wrestling now. And it's really cool too. It's just when you compare it to the old times, uh, you had maybe more, maybe you'll see more people and the shows and everything because in that time, and people didn't know what wrestling was, uh, you know, it, and now with the internet and everything, uh, news leak, uh, it's, it's hard to keep wrestling not predictable. Back in the days, you didn't know who was going to win, you didn't know even if it was one week later you bought the the dvd or the the uh, vhs and then you saw the match and then you see like oh, okay he won but now on the internet you just see the results like right after the match happened yeah yeah uh one thing i've noticed is uh back in the day if somebody hit their finishing move the match was over yep. like the, like nobody uh kicked out of the uh, a finisher and then it started, I think, with The Undertaker. He he started to kick out of people's finishers, and it kind of uh, uh, ballooned from there. Now the finisher isn't even a thing. Like You'll see five or six finishers in, in one match, and uh, I, I think it kind of takes away from the storytelling. Everyone in the 80s, they were trying to get to their finisher. That was the big buildup. Could they hit their finisher before the other guy hit their finisher? And... Uh, um, you know that's that's the big thing I notice. It's uh, that's changed a lot. Is is these near falls and false finishes and and that sort of thing. A big turning point too was when uh, the WCW guys came in WWE. The like the little guys like Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, all those little wrestlers, but were really good. But that's when like you saw multiple finishers happening and everything but i think it in some ways maybe it takes off a bit of the storytelling and i approve with you but at the same time you know wrestling's changed and like like i told earlier we can't really like go back in the days because that's really a different kind of wrestling and they couldn't do the moves that we now see in the television and even in wrestling if you go on the show uh, for example in carnival for seaway valley you'll see a lot of flips and guys doing a lot of moves and you know uh, wrestling spectacular now and it was back in the days but there weren't guys who were jump jumping over the top rope to do a big move maybe macho man and Shawn michaels you know ricky steamboat there were uh, a few names but now, it, it's a completely new era. Yeah. You just brought up uh, Macho Man and Ricky uh, Steamboat. They were on that WrestleMania 3 card with uh, with Hogan and uh, the Giant. And uh, everyone said that they stole the show with, with that match. And I've heard lots of interviews and stories that uh, the Macho Man had choreographed the entire match. It was like 300 and some moves. Uh, from start to finish, that we're going to do this, 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 and they practiced it over and over again. Um, how much uh, planning goes into to a match when uh, before a match? Is that something you can talk about? Or yeah, yeah, we can. Yeah, uh, it depends really where you wrestle, for who you wrestle. Uh, there's a lot of factors that go into building a match. 
for example, did you texted your opponent before your match, like a couple of weeks in advance? Because us in the Indies, you go to the show, you never talk to the guy before, you meet him two hours before your match, and you build your match in about 20 minutes. Oh, okay. That's about it. And that's where you learn, because after that, you can learn from veterans who give you advice. And then you really can put the storytelling and the psychology of wrestling into those matches. But some they'll always be better when you build it in advance. That's for sure. But if you don't know the guy, if you can't really, you know, if you don't have his contact, it's really a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, uh, how could I say it? I'm trying to find a word, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's a lot that goes into building a match and there's a lot of factors who can influence uh, whether or not you've built your match in advance. So yeah, I guess if you're if you're familiar with the guy and uh, you've wrestled them before yeah. and you know what his his uh, high spots are and his big moves. Exactly. Right. And just for example, when I wrestled the uh, speedball Mike Billy this weekend, I studied him a lot. So I didn't have to text him before or anything because. I studied him for hours and I knew his move. I knew his move set. I knew his eye spots. I knew his finisher. So from there, I could just, we could build off the match and I already knew which moves he was talking about. He didn't need to explain it to me. Yeah. So did he call the match in the ring or? No, we, we talked in advance. For sure, some things are in the ring. But uh, yeah, a lot of stuff is... You know, wrestling, is it's not a choreography, but there's a lot of things that are planned, but a lot of things are not planned too. Yeah. So it's that's the beauty of wrestling. You can do improvisation and you can do theater too. Yeah. Uh, some of the, like the AEW wrestling, uh, I find is very choreographed, uh, like the Young Bucks, for instance. Uh, yeah. I find a lot of their, a lot of their things are... Uh, uh, maybe not so believable uh, in comparison to to the older wrestling, at least, uh, or even even some of the bigger guys. I find bigger guys don't uh, choreograph their stuff as much because their their stuff is not as spectacular, or you know, doesn't require as much uh, uh, choreographing. Uh, you, met, you mentioned uh, Speedball Mike Bailey. Uh, Tell us a little bit about him. I know he's a big name in the independent uh, scenes. Um, I've heard people say that he's he's probably the best wrestler that's not signed to a, to one of the big companies. So, uh, For me and for a lot of people, he's one of the best wrestlers on the planet too. Um, I've heard a lot about him. And before wrestling him, it was even in front of WWE guys, he was one of my dream matches. I saw a lot of matches uh, from that guy before uh, end, and when I learned the news that I was wrestling him, I was I went nuts for real. Right. It was yeah, it was really like a special moment for me to wrestle that guy because he's he's one of the biggest names in the independent circuits right now. Uh, he's wrestled names like. Uh, well, he wrestled the Young Bucks, he wrestled Walter, he wrestled Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, uh, Kevin Steen, well, known as Kevin Owens now. Yeah. Uh, and I could name some more. Pac, that's in the EW right now. Kenny Omega, he, I could name a list uh, that I saw on the internet. And when I saw those matches, he was as good as the other guys so that could tell a lot and his move set in his in his offense was a bit similar to mine so that was something too that i really liked so that's why one of the big reasons and when people talk about speedball mike billy it was a bit like when you talk about the uh, well the rock or when you talk about Hulk Hogan wrestling wise, but nowadays in the indies, so it's it, it was really a big deal for me. Um, maybe he's not on that like uh, star uh, power star level, but for sure in quality of wrestling and storytelling and psychology in the ring, he's 
he's one of the best and that I can tell for sure. So where's he from? Uh, Laval. It, really? He's from yep. Laval. I always thought he was a Toronto uh, guy. No. Nope. Laval, eh? Yeah. Uh, he reminds me a lot of, I'm drawing a blank right now, he's in WWE, he has long hair, he has the gloves. He puts AJ them, Styles. He reminds yeah. me of AJ Styles. Uh, he's got a similar offense. Yeah. And one thing too that I forgot to mention, he's black belt in martial arts. So his background's from there and his kicks are really impressive and they hurt a lot yeah. and i can tell <laughs> right now <laughs> how did your match go with him uh, it was uh, really good, it was really good. Uh, a lot of people told me that was match of the night which was uh, was heartfelt for me it was really cool and uh, yeah the match was really rough um physically wrestling a guy like that it's it's hard on the body but for me I really don't mind that. I just hope that the match is going to be good. And it was, and it lived up to my expectations and even more because uh, I was, I'm gonna not going to lie, I was pretty nervous before. before. Yeah. And it's, you know, when you wrestle one of the big guys like that, the big stars, you're, you're stressed, out, stressed out for sure. Yeah. Now how, how big is uh, Speedball? Is he? Oh, he's not that big. I'm taller than him. He's 5'7", 5'8". But he's about uh, 180 pounds, though. He, he has a, he's pretty cut. He's pretty yeah. shredded. And yourself, how much do you weigh? I'm uh, 155 pounds. Oh, okay, so you're still giving up 30 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to gain some mass, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you spend a lot of time in the gym, or...? Uh, nowadays, it's hard, not gonna lie, because I go to college and I have two jobs. Okay. So it's really hard to find some time, and I try to promote my show too. So there's a lot of things going on in my life right now. Um, for sure that I try to go when I have the time, but I can't go as often as I used to go. So maybe that's a bit, not that it sucks, but a bit, because I, I like to train and I like to be in good shape. I, I'm a guy, me, that if I don't go to the gym, I still have a shape, but I like to be like Bigger. on point for my matches, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And have a good cardio. So what would be a, a good weight for you, to, do you think? Uh, well, I think like the weight that the speedball has right now, um, I don't want to be like that big, you know? I'll, I know I won't be uh, much taller too because my parents are not that tall. Uh, so, but... I'm 5'9 right now, and maybe if I could just hit the, like, 175, I'd be happy with that. Yeah. Um, are you taking any supplements or anything like that? Or uh, no. No, no I haven't got into that. Uh, no, I just protein and, yeah. Yeah, creatine at all? or No, no, not at all. Nothing. That all creatine would help you put on the on the bulk. Uh, yeah, maybe, but uh, for now I'm just staying with my protein shakes, and yeah. I'm happy with that. That's, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Um, so who do you uh, who do you pattern yourself after? Who's uh, what kind of wrestler do you do you like see yourself as? Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. Okay, He's one good. of one of the guys that I really built my uh, move set around. Okay. My finisher is the curb stomp, so... Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, either than that, Kenny Omega, who's the former AEW champion. Adam Cole. Shawn Michaels. Okay. Uh, that's pretty much it, yeah. All similar uh, body styles. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty cool. Yep. Uh, now, you mentioned you were in a, a tag team, uh, the Young Stars. I was. You you were, yes. Uh, what happened there? Uh, okay, so story-wise, we started uh, our tag team. Our first match was at the last show of Jauk, of uh, Jauk Rougeau at the um, Stade Géo in Montreal. That was uh, our first match as a tag team. We had matching gear and everything. It was pretty cool in front of 8,000 people. That was the biggest show I ever had. Um, and after that, we just continued to be a tag team. So that was in 2018. So we kept wrestling. We wrestled in GPW as a tag team and in ICW, that's in Montreal. So we kept on wrestling as a tag team. But me, I did some solo matches a bit everywhere. Well, uh, 
in a couple of places. Uh, but M he wasn't wrestling anywhere else. He was only wrestling when I was wrestling. So Oren gets no, because that's the place where uh, a bit of the spin-off after Jauk. It was the GPW. It's uh, three guys that were wrestling with Jauk before. So he kept wrestling with them. But uh, after that, uh, I... I kind of always knew he never had the passion that I, that I had for wrestling because me, it's really intense. But uh, he, he was a really good wrestler. And for me, I don't see myself going as a tag team right now either than him because we were like, we had a good chemistry and everything. But I always wanted to that singles run and everything. But in the COVID time, that's when he... he he texted me and he let me know that he's, he's going to stop wrestling. And I completely understood his choice because he has other things going on in his life. And it's not everyone that wants to uh, go further in wrestling, you know. Sometimes him, he just did it because he, he likes it. He Well, he liked it in the days with Jacques. He only had uh, two or three shows a year. But now me, I'm wrestling each, we each weekend. So, you know, for him, he had other priorities. Okay. Uh, so your goal is what, ultimately? Uh, well, WWE or AEW. Those are... Uh, and wrestling in, like, Japan, Mexico, and those places, That that's my big goal, yeah. Yeah. So uh, how do you get there? Well, have you thought that through? Or? So there's a lot of ways to get there. Um, well, first of all, there's the tryouts they do, but, like... You need certain qualifications to be at the tryout and they don't choose everyone, you know. There's a, sometimes there are about uh, 30 people at the tryout and sometimes they won't even choose one person from that tryout. So uh, it's really, and it's like on one week and it's really intense. So I'd need to be on like my best shape and my best, like in my best. But um Either than that, you can get scouted from wrestling companies that either than those big leagues, uh, but you need, it needs to be like on TV or something or on YouTube, on a big YouTube page. Uh, right now, I haven't hit one of those promotions. I'm wrestling with FML right now, who are starting to be a big uh, league. And they usually post a lot of content on their uh, Facebook and on their uh, social medias. Um, I think one step would be to try to wrestle, like practice almost every night and hitting the gym as much as I can. And maybe from there, I could have a chance to do major leagues. And then from major leagues, I could get see by someone you know a scout or something but i have a huge opportunity coming soon uh that's a uh, wrestling academy 2022 which i uh right now i'm trying out for it and uh, that's Rougeau's, uh organizing it and uh it's gonna i don't know when in uh, 2022 uh we don't know much details. I know the winners are winning 5,000 bucks each. There's one for uh, the singles, tag teams, and uh, the ladies. And the winner will get a tryout at the Nightmare Factory in the US. And that school is run by Cutie Marshall, who was one of the wrestlers in AEW. Okay. So it's like kind of a direct foot to AEW if you make it to the school, you know. And he's gonna, you know, even if I don't win Wrestling Academy, maybe I could get scouted from him anyways, you know. So yeah, that's a, that's one of my opportunities to uh, go in the leagues. Cool. Uh, now in Ottawa, the biggest uh, wrestling is... Uh down on uh, Little Italy there. C C4. C4. C4 yeah. Wrestling. Uh, they've had a lot of people uh, that I've seen at those shows end up on AEW. Um, Evil Uno, uh, Stu Grayson, Butcher and Blade. Uh, there's quite a few guys that wrestle there frequently that, that made this step. Uh, is that somewhere you could go to possibly get seen? Or? Yeah, for sure. I, that's a place I'd really like to wrestle and it's not far away from my place it's an hour drive 
I know they usually have scouts and I've seen some in my recent matches. I think it's about maybe timing and stuff like that. Uh, maybe they'll get me in someday. I don't know. Uh, for sure, I'd like to go there. It's one of my goals right now in the independent circuits. Um, they're a really good promotion. Always have a good crowd. And like you said, uh, like uh, they've had, uh, well, Speedball's wrestling there. He's a champion. He's a underground champion and the C4 champion. Okay. Uh, also, there's been a Red Dead, uh, Daniel Garcia, who's uh, wrestling in the EW right now. He signed about a couple of months ago. Oh, okay. So, yeah, there's a lot of guys who passed there, like you said. So that would be uh, the next step for me, I think, to try to reach C4. Yeah. Uh, maybe a good idea would be just go go to all their shows and introduce yourself and uh, offer to help out and, and that sort of stuff. And Yeah, that would be good. Uh, a good foot in the door. The craziest guy I've seen there is uh, someone named Space Monkey. Um, have you uh, have you seen Space Monkey before? Or? Yeah, I know he is. I've never actually. I saw some tapes. I've never seen him wrestle live, but uh, no, I've heard about him. So uh, for the people out there listening, he's a uh, a smaller wrestler uh, who's dressed up as a monkey, who who was supposed to come from outer space, and uh, and uh, yeah, he runs around the ring and throws bananas and. Uh, it sounds pretty pretty kooky and and uh, not really believable, but I bought his T-shirt, so he must be doing something right. Um, he, he was pretty pretty entertaining. Uh, yeah. guy. He was at C4. Uh, so what's the equivalent to C4 in uh, in Montreal? What's their biggest? Uh, IWS. IWS. Yeah, yeah that's uh, International Wrestling Syndicate. Uh, they actually have a TV. They do like I don't know how much times a month, but I know they have, uh, they used to uh, have some tapings on RDS. Okay. So that's actually a big deal. Yeah. Um, I think that's stopped though. I'm not too sure about that, but I know that's a big company. They usually run their shows at MTELUS in Montreal, which is uh, a nice theater. So uh, yeah, that would be the place to that I like to. Those two places, I think it's two. And the FML is really a good place too. I'm happy to wrestle there now. Uh, so yeah, no, I and and got no. I'm in GPW right now, which is always growing bigger and bigger. So there's a lot of good wrestling promotions uh, around here. It's not the case for every province. So I think I'm quite lucky to be in that. Kind of region like a hotbed of uh, wrestling uh. yeah like i could just name you like 20 wrestling companies right now that are just like two hour drives yeah like all around augsbury yeah that's great uh one of the teams that we had uh when we did a show in van kill here was uh tabernacta team have yeah you, uh, have you seen those guys yeah, yeah i've been on a couple of shows with them yeah they're pretty cool they're good guys uh, they're pretty entertaining. Only thing though, it's not pretty familiar. <laughs> it's not really for family, uh, unless sometimes you introduce them as TDT. Yeah, so we so, did we did a kids show, so they're yeah. TDT, and uh, but they still they still hit people with garbage cans and uh, and dove out of the ring into the crowd, and uh, um, no, they were they were really good. They're really entertaining, and they're one of the best tag teams on the scene right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so where would they wrestle? Uh, are they uh, IWS, C4, yeah. uh, FML, uh, yeah. yeah, a lot of NSPW. I was, uh, I was surprised. So we ran two shows, and uh, our two main events. Uh, one was Evil Uno, and the second one was Stu Grayson. And less than two years later, they're on AEW every week, uh, you know, on national TV. So that's pretty, pretty cool. And the, both those guys are older. Now, like uh, I think Evil Ono must be in his forties, and uh, and he just made it to the big time. So it's uh, it's pretty impressive that uh, you know that late in the game that he was able to to make the jump. So yeah, I think it's pretty cool. We have a lot of talent from around here that are in AEW right now, and in WWE. I think it's pretty cool, and I think it's a good motivation for wrestlers all around. Yeah. 
so back to your show that's uh, coming up on December 18th in Hawkesbury. Uh, you said it's a tournament. Uh, are you in the tournament or are you doing? Yes, I'm wrestling in the first, well, in the first round against Big Fat Sam, who's a really good wrestler from Montreal. The uh, crowd really doesn't like him. He's really, uh, the the fans in Oxbury really hate him. Last show, he got a lot of heat. So I think it'll be interesting to uh, wrestle him in the first round. And the brackets will be revealed soon. So the possibilities of matches, you know, okay. and everything. Um, there's eight good wrestlers on the tournament. Uh, myself, uh, Big Fat Seb, the Maniac Maridis, uh, uh, I-Class Adam Matthews, the Immaculate Ray Saint-Jean, the Outstepper Mercury Martin, the Wasteland Gladiator Black Eagle, and the last one is Stingray. Okay. Uh, some of those names I recognize from uh, Seaway Valley Wrestling. Uh, I actually saw the Hot Stepper uh, at one of their shows uh, last summer, and uh, I was kind of impressed with him. Yeah, he's one of the good ones. He's really good in the ring, and I really like his moveset, and he's very entertaining. And not only in the ring, he's entertaining backstage too. So oh, okay. That's fun when you have personalities and wrestlers that like that are nice backstage too and can have fun with you guys. So, no, it's really cool. Yeah, no, he, he was very charismatic and uh, it was it was good. Uh, who's the bald guy? You just, you mentioned him. He's also Ray from... Ray Saint-Jean. Ray Saint-Jean, yeah. yeah. Uh, he was supposed to fight uh, Big Daddy D-Roy for the championship and something happened. Yeah, it happened. Oh, they, they did yeah, fight? Yeah, uh, well, the event was postponed because of COVID. Yeah. But then uh, a couple months ago, like a month or two ago, uh, they had their match, and uh, yeah, D-Roy won the belt. D-Roy won. He, he's a fan favorite in Van Lake Hill. Uh, yeah. Everyone loves uh, Big Daddy. Uh, he split his pants uh, the first time he was here, and uh, and the kids all love that. So <laughs> Yeah, he's a good guy, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very nice guy. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you want to cut a promo for me or uh, a promo? Yeah, for on, for your first match, can you? Uh, okay, for Big Fat Sub. For Big Fat Sub, yeah, right off the bat, I'm putting the you on spot. the spot here. All right, all right, and just give me a couple seconds, cause I don't really have anything good to say on Big Fat Sub. Well, that's fine. Cut him up. He's really, <laughs> cause December 18, Big Fat Sub, you're coming in my town, where I'm the good guy and you're not. And either that I'm the good guy or not, December 18, I hope you're ready. Because the crowd over there is going to boo the L out of you. And I'm going to beat the L out of you. So be prepared. I know you're going to come with your bicycle once again. I don't think you'll be able to ride it back because you'll be so sore that you will have trouble walking out of the Bob Hartley complex. So, yeah, that's my promo. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Uh, do you do video promos uh, back and forth Sometimes, on yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Uh, yeah, when I have the chance, but, uh, yeah. It kind of kind of adds. That's that's one of the things I find hard with uh, putting on independent shows is you don't have that that weekly storyline that you would have on, on a, you know, WWE or AEW. So you kind of have to make the story up in the span of, of two or three hours that you have at the show to, to kind of tell the story. Right. So it's, uh, uh well, there's uh, different wrestling promotions who run their uh, promotions differently. So for example, there's going to be companies who's going to do, um, sp- uh, well, in French, we call it spot show. Um, so, the difference between that and storyline shows is spot shows, um, you only do the matches and there's no storyline included. So you'll just do a match and the, res- the outcome doesn't affect the next show. And compared to the other promotions where they do storylines, well, each match has a, like, they have an effect on the like next show or... You know, or if a wrestler wins, well, it's going to boost them compared to the guy who just lost. But 
it's not there's not a that big of a difference because it's not always the same crowd who's there but it's fun for the the really like fans that are really into it because when they see the storyline when they see the guy oh lasho he attacked him and now he's getting his revenge so you know it's it's cool to include storylines like that and people that follow it on social media so it's like it's cool to see those fans back and like really enjoy the storylines going on and usually in the indies you don't have a lot of storylines going on in your like in your promotions you maybe have one or two main storylines and after that it's most it's mostly like just matches that for you know not for fun but you know just to fill in your card and have some yeah and to entertain your card yeah uh so the the second show we did uh in town here was at the uh, fair and uh one of my friends uh les hats uh, he he owns a company or owned a company called Loud and Dirty and uh, Eruption, so he, he's well known in the in the area. So uh, one of the the matches we had it was a tag team match. Two guys came out and they they walked around the ring and they grabbed a hat off of Les's kid's head and jumped into the ring with the hat. And he says Loud and Dirty and he throws it on the ground and he starts stomping on the hat. So so Les jumps into the ring, grabs a mic. And Les is a pretty flamboyant guy and uh, and pretty good talker. So he cuts a promo on the guy. And and Les is six foot four, but uh, I bet you only weighs one hundred and seventy pounds. <laughs> he's he's pretty skinny. And so the two the two wrestlers they back him into a corner and uh, and they rip his shirt off. And and so Les is like, oh, I'd fight both of you right now, but I've got a a hangnail on my toe, and the doctor says I really shouldn't be doing anything. But I got two buddies in the back that'll that'll come and kick your ass or something like that. So Big Daddy D-Roy and another guy came down all wearing loud and dirty uh, clothes. And it was a big, big match. And um, and then Les's kid actually got the pinfall. He, he did a frog splash off the, oh. <laughs> off the top rope and, uh, and got the, uh, the, the three count. Um, so that was, that was good. It kind of involved, uh, the crowd. Everyone was cheering for Les and, and his son that, that got the pinfall. Uh, the only problem was the following match, uh, a guy out of the crowd decided that, you know, Les got into the ring the first match. I'm going to get into the ring the, the next one. And that one wasn't planned. And so when he hit the ring, uh, all four wrestlers turned around and they started stomping him. And, uh, and I managed to get down there and dragged him out of the ring before he got uh, beat up too badly. But, um, that's that's when I decided I needed to hire some security for uh, for the wrestling matches and make sure stuff like that doesn't happen. Because once you get a few uh, beers into somebody, they can they can get pretty uh, crazy. So yeah, that's one of the dangers in wrestling. Sometimes, the, or even sometimes I've saw in the past, it's uh, people from the crowd or some fans that are angry on the eels and they jump over the barricade and they just go at them but it's really not a good idea and i'm gonna say that for everyone who's gonna listen that never try to get in the ring or never try to get over the barricades or never involve yourself in a wrestling show unless you talk with a promoter and you have a spot on the show yes exactly that's not because it's never never a good ending and just uh, last week a fan attacked seth rollins and his uh uh, it was about to go uh, back to their locker room, I think, or something yeah, like yeah, that. After the and the guy got banned and he can't go to a wrestling show anymore in his life. And usually people regret it after that, but it's just to, uh, for precaution, guys never do that. Yeah. It's never a good thing. Somebody jumped uh, Bret Hart at the Hall of Fame uh, yeah, ceremony too, cool. and he, he got beat up pretty bad by the... Uh, by the wrestlers and everybody around, uh, it was not a good, uh, good sight for him. Um, so yeah. So you're doing a, a full tournament all in one night. Exactly. So the there's win- going to be seven matches in the tournament. In the tournament. So the winner is going to fight how many times? Three times. Three times. That's, uh, uh, do you have a belt or is... Yeah, the belt is, uh is made it's ready for the 18 it's a really nice belt who has the logo of uh, La Lutte on it okay so uh yeah it's gonna be unveiled uh, december 18th cool uh where'd you get the belt made if you don't mind me asking 
it was like I'm. Undisputed I did it like uh, last year, like a year and a half from now. So I don't remember exactly the place, the name of the place, but it was made in the U in the US. I think uh, Undisputed is one of the maybe I the bigger I, ones. I are. can't really tell right now. I yeah. I don't remember. I'm looking at getting one made for my uh, my hockey team uh, for the hardest okay, worker. Yeah. <laughs> right now, they're uh, the hardest worker gets a little plastic WWE belt uh, oh, okay, with yeah. the spinny uh, WWE logo on it. So I oh, the John Cena one. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to get uh, I'd like to get a real one for them, and uh, they're they're getting a little bit older now and running around with the toy. It'll be cool. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, anything else you want to talk about or? No, not really. I think uh, we covered a lot of, uh, of things. Either than uh, I just won my first title. Oh, where was that? Yeah, in uh, Gatineau. Yeah. Well, in Buckingham, in the GPW. That's uh, one of my main uh, promotions that I wrestle for. It's always a good crowd. Always sold out. 400 people at uh, Chevalier Colon. And uh, it was the... Because they... Them, they had been doing a kind of tournament since the end of 2019. So it's a long time coming, that tournament. Each show, they do one or two matches, one or two cruiserweight matches. And the winner would get qualified for the Rumble that would be going on in uh, uh, June 2020. Okay. But then pandemic hit. Yeah. So the guys that were already qualified, they just were in a match and they added like maybe five other guys in the Rumble. So it was a 10-guy Royal Rumble for the belt. For the first time ever, there would be a cruiserweight champion in the federation and yeah i won how did you uh how did you eliminate the last guy what was the uh super kick ryan donovan oh the, the irish yeah. underdog yeah we uh we battled it out uh, earlier in the match and we were two baby faces so uh no it was pretty cool we had a lot of good guys on the match uh, dino benjamin and uh, marides who's gonna be there the 18 yeah i've had him uh um, either than that, uh, Sean McMillan, uh, older guy, uh, plenty of experience, uh, and yeah, it was uh, Chuck Taylor, I think, he's uh, wears a mask. Uh, a lot of good guys in the match for real, and it was really special because the crowd in Buckingham knows me a lot, and usually I wrestle there as the young stars, but then I kind of started my solo run last. Uh, yeah, well, two Saturdays ago, and it was really cool because I brought like twelve people uh, from Augsbury, and uh, they all cheered me. So, and it was my first title, and it, and I'm the first champion in history of the GPW. So it was oh, really special for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah Ryan, uh, Ryan and I are good friends, and uh, he was down in in Mexico. Uh, yeah, yeah, he re- him and uh, Mikey Marvin. Okay, yeah. So that's something you'd you'd like to get. Yeah, into. for sure, for sure. Yeah, because there's a lot of good wrestling and Mexico's uh, res- uh, really, really important wrestling place in the world. Because it's in the culture, wrestling, the luchadors and everything. It's really something cool, and I think I'd learn a lot from going there. Yeah, it would it would complement your style, uh, the high flying luchador style. Exactly. And uh, you said Japan was the other place you'd you'd like to go, right? Yeah, Japan is a bit more complicated, I think, because some places there it's kind of uh, how could I say it? It's uh, dangerous. Yeah. So sometimes I've heard stories that like guy've been booked on some promotion. And the other guy was angry at him. Another promoter was angry because then he wrestled on that card, but he aided, like the two promoters aided themselves. So he was actually scared for himself because there was a war going on between the two like promoters. Yeah. I've heard a story about that and I was like, oh, okay, I need to watch where I'm going, you know, but, but like the wrestling over there is crazy the a lot of japanese wrestlers are really good really talented and it's a completely different wrestling style but at the same time like i said earlier wrestling at different places makes me learn different things and 
all goes in inside my my wrestling knowledge and yeah. that's what i want because it's after that that i can build myself with all those this knowledge and that can make me a better wrestler in the business yeah it's pretty stiff over there right? like the yeah it's more hard-hitting and uh, yeah yeah the speedball mike bailey hard-hitting yes yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um have you had any major injuries uh at all well I've had one, but it was like at the beginning of my wrestling career where I uh, fractured my wrist. Well, my, uh, I don't remember the name of the bone in English. Yeah. It's a ulna. The ulna? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's the same thing. Same All right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I fractured that. Um, so that was, I was out for three months, I think. Uh, it was actually the first time that I practiced a drop kick and it was on Rougeau and he's like six feet three or something like that yeah. and so that when i tried i was like 13 years old and i just fell on my wrist and yeah I fractured so that was my big injury other than that i've had a lot of minor injuries where i was okay after that like uh knocked out a tooth uh yeah yeah i knocked out a tooth uh i've had a little uh commotion uh, Concussion. Uh, concussion, yeah, sorry. Yeah. And and also I uh, my ankle, I've had a little problem with my ankle in one of my matches where I not tore it but uh like uh, sprained it or yeah, yeah. I sprained it. So yeah, that's uh that's pretty much it. I you know, there's a lot of little injuries that you do in wrestling. It's just when you have a big one that's when you you know, like one of the my good friends in wrestling, Mickey Thunder, right now he's on the shelf because of that. And him, he had some big matches coming up. And because of that, he had to all cancel them because of that injury. And so that's that's really sad for the wrestlers. And I hope I won't get some big injuries like that. Because when you're on the shelf for eight months, you miss a lot of wrestling. Yeah, so what, what bumps are the hardest to take? Uh it, it depends. Uh, I'd say like Samoan drops are pretty hard. Uh, like I said, it's really hard to tell because sometimes a wrestler can hit you with a move and it's really easy to take. But after that, you can get the same move from another wrestler and it's like, oh, okay, this one uh, was a bit more stiff when he, do, he did it, you know. But uh, I'd say it's pretty much... Uh, Usually, when you hurt yourself the most, it's when you deliver the move. Okay. And it's it's kind of funny because it's reverse of like what people think. Uh, like uh, when you, for example, Chris Jericho finisher the code breaker. Well, you can land easily on your head. Um, there's another move too. And, uh, I don't remember the name, but. Uh, when you give it, it's it hurts yourself like more than when you give it to the then the guy that receives it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I always thought a, a power bomb would hurt. <laughs> I always felt like that. Uh, it hurts. Yeah. yeah. It's it's not. But every move hurts. Yeah. He, okay. There's not a move that like oh didn't hurt. No. It, it'll for sure you'll feel something in your body. Sometimes it's less, a lot less, but and it depends the ring, which ring. Because some rings are, you bump on it and you're like, oh, okay, it's really like, because there's a spring in the middle. Yeah. But sometimes I have saw some rings that have no spring and this is really hard. Like a power bomb on no spring, it's really hard to take. It depends if it's... Uh if it's uh, two by twelves or uh, plywood too, right? Like there's, there's yeah floors on the yeah it's and the carpets is not being. I don't know if you've ever built a ring. Yeah, I've done it a couple times. Because carpets are not that big for real. Yeah, yeah. You have a plywoods and you have a, a little a, bit of foam yeah. and then uh, the canvas over top. Yeah, so it's not a it's. A lot of people think, oh, it's like a trampoline. No, it's not. <laughs> All right. Maybe in the middle. When the, when you have a ring, like uh, the usually the big 20 by 20s with a, the spring in the middle, 
when you bump in the middle, usually this one, it's not, you know, it's, it doesn't hurt that much, but it's not what people think. That, that's for sure. That I, I can tell that. Yeah. The, the small rings bother me. Uh, I, I don't like watching wrestling in a small ring. Uh, so what, what are the different sizes? 20 by 20 is the WWE. Uh... Yeah, exactly. There's 20 by 20. There's 16 by 16. And uh, I think there's 18 by 18. Yeah. Uh, I always found back in the 90s that the WCW rings were smaller than the, the WWE. I think ones. they ran uh, 18 by 18. 18, yeah. yeah. So two feet smaller. It just... Uh, if I remember correctly, though. Yeah, it just it doesn't look uh, doesn't look as good uh, nope. to me. Uh, where do you get your ring from? Do you mind me asking? Or uh, FML. FML. Okay. Yeah, uh, they're in partnership with me for that event. Okay. Uh, I used to do partnerships with uh, Get Snow Pro Wrestling. Yeah. And uh, that's one thing that I want to mention because uh, for people that think that we might have got into an argument, not at all. I'm actually the cruiserweight champion there, so. Yeah. No, it's just really because uh, FML is helping me with doing stuff and uh, the promoter there, uh, Oz, he's helping me doing stuff and uh, that's just why he's in a partnership with me. But uh, for sure, Get Snow is always helping me with stuff and it's the two promotions that I really like going uh, to wrestle and I know I'm always in good arms and good hands yeah, when, good I, when I'm with them and it's... It's uh, the promoters from Get Snow, the promoters from FML. I know why I can, uh, I can uh, make confidence. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's good persons, and because in the wrestling business, it's not always good persons, and you need to be aware of that. Because uh, even me at my age, I've had some some encounters in the wrestling business. Yeah, we, uh, we won't mention any names, but I no, think you know, <laughs> I've got a good idea. Of, you have a, <laughs> yeah, I've got a good idea. idea. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, but me, I never look for trouble for real. Uh, I just started doing shows because I like wrestling and I've always wanted to promote some wrestling shows. And it was never to affect anyone. But, you know, some people take it on another way and but that's the wrestling business and i think it's not only in wrestling it's everywhere you start a company and some people are jealous some people are angry for no reason yeah just because you want to do something good but it's, it'll always be like that there won't be a change that's why you need to get to align yourself with good people and me i'll always follow my art so i'll always follow the people that i like and the people that and I have trust in them. So, yeah, it's that's it's the wrestling business and I'm not the only one who's going to tell you that. If you watch a wrestling uh, podcast from, uh, you know, Jim Cornette or stuff like that, then you'll see that there's a lot more of wrestling drama than almost more than girls sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, actually, when you're on the topic of of girls there doesn't seem to be a lot of uh female wrestlers uh in the area and really not as much as guys no but which, which i can is expected right? yeah like, exactly but i can tell that the ones that are doing it they work their ass off and they're they're good at what they're doing sometimes re women's wrestling is pursued as not as good as the man and it's just if you compare if you compare hockey men's hockey to uh women's hockey for sure you'll see a difference because it's it's sports you know uh it's in genes you know it's not yeah, yeah but for sure i can tell you there's women out there that are really good in wrestling they're charismatic they have uh you know and if you look right now in wwe uh, like for example the main event last night was becky lynch against liv morgan uh uh, two days ago, sorry. Yeah, it was uh, the main event, and the women are really stealing the show right now. And there's a lot of good talent around here. Even though there's less than men, there's a lot of talent around here. Uh, just to name a few, there and my show there's gonna be Chris Tara, uh, Katrin Van Gott, um, there's Persephone Vice, uh, Melanie Avok, uh, Sally. 
a lot of good women who are working hard to get to uh, higher wrestling. Yeah. Uh, so at our show, we had, jeez, oh, I can't remember her name right now, Vanessa Craven. And oh, she, Vanessa's a really good wrestler. Yeah, so she actually made it to the Fabulous Moolah uh, tournament uh, shortly after she wrestled for us. She was yeah. in that uh, online tournament for the WWE. Uh, Piper's favorite female. The May Young. Yeah, yeah May, sorry, May Young. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what did I say? The Fabulous Moolah. Yeah, sorry, May Young. May Young Classic. Yeah, Fabulous Moolah doesn't have the best name in uh, wrestling anymore. Um, Piper's favorite wrestler is... Uh, Jessica Black. Oh. Yeah, Jessica Black. The yeah, yeah, she's really good. She's a she's actually a teacher. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she's uh, going to wrestling academy too. Okay. So uh, yeah, that'll be interesting. She's a really w uh, she works hard a lot uh, for reaching the top potential that she can reach. And I've saw her work a lot in the ring, and she's really a good athlete. Uh, alongside her uh, husband Jeremy Prophet, oh, okay, she who uh, is one of the best wrestlers in Canada as we speak. Yeah, and uh, yeah, no, I could name a lot of wrestlers. Uh, Lufisto is one of the big names. Uh, she's, I don't know why she's still wrestling around here because she could be in the top uh, promotions for sure. I saw some work, uh, some of her work, and even when she's wrestling the guys, she's more credible than the guys in the ring. Okay. And that's really cool, something that's really cool for me. So like I said, there's a lot of good talent. Uh, Cece Galavis, uh, she's one of the few too. Uh, so yeah, no, women's wrestling is really getting higher than it was. Uh, and I think that's cool because they now have the the place and uh, the time to showcase their talent. Yeah. Uh, so one last thing before we wrap up, uh, for any young aspiring wrestlers that might happen to be listening to this, uh, kids who want to become wrestlers, uh, what route would you uh, suggest they take? Where would where would you send them to school? Or there's a lot of good wrestling schools around. Uh, Torture Chamber is a really good one. FML is a really, really good one. GPW is a really, really good one. There's a lot of uh, train. The, the coaches are uh, a lot of veterans with experience in the ring, with good wrestling psychology. Uh, so my best advice would just, you know, it depends where they live too. So if they want to go at the place that's closest from them, for sure they can do that. Yeah. But my best advice, I would say, is to not um, be exclusive to anyone. Okay. So if you start out with someone, make sure that they'll let you fly by your own wings after. Yeah. Because that's something that's really important. If you want to learn, you need to work with different people. And right now, that's what I'm doing. And I'm at my best. And I'm learning my best. And I think it's, like I said, I think... It's the mo one of the most important things in wrestling is wrestling uh, all kinds of people, uh, all kinds of places. And right now I'm having a blast doing that. And uh, really, and it would also, another advice would be for me is to not listen what time some, what some people th uh, say. Because I know that sometimes if you, especially if you're young, uh, sometimes people can try to bully you for the fact that, oh, you're doing fake wrestling and everything. Uh, I know what it is. Uh, fortunately for me, I've had some good friends who supported me all through that adventure. I've, I've had a lot of people who've tried to mess with me. But for me, I've had the courage to just push them off and just say, like, I don't give a damn what yeah. you're saying to me. So at least that. But to those people, just stand up and don't let them make a fool out of you. Yeah. Just yeah, being a professional wrestler is hard, is hard mentally too. So you need to be prepared for that because it's a really wild adventure. But for sure that anyone who has the motivation and the inspiration to do it can do it for sure. Well, that's great. Um, yeah. So once again, your, uh, your show is December 
18th. Yeah, big doors, show. Doors open at 6 o'clock. Yeah. Uh, bell time is? 7. 7 o'clock. Uh, anyone listening who hasn't gone out to watch some uh, professional independent wrestling, I highly recommend you, you check out the show. Um, some of the moves that these guys are doing are, are spectacular. Uh and uh, the the wrestling quality is is top notch. It really is uh, very similar to what you're going to see on on Monday nights on uh, WWF Raw. I'm I'm very impressed with the the skill level of of a lot of the independent wrestlers around here. It's it's really good. So um, yeah, thank you very much for uh, for doing this, Matthias. It's yeah. uh, well, thank you, Jason, and uh, also for tickets. They're available at Fit Life Gym. Right now, and online, if you go on our page on Facebook page, okay, on uh, on Evan Bright, the tickets are available there. And how much are tickets? Fifteen dollars for regulars, twenty five for VIPs. But they're almost uh, no more VIPs. So okay. uh, if you want some, uh, do it quick. Do it quick. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks a lot, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Jason. All right.